This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Euler and Motes? Nah, scratch that Motes and Euler on a Motes host Tuesday. <laughs> you know what it is. He's back on his wind-up, folks. Come on, baby. Yes, indeed, though, man. It's Motes and Euler on Steelers Nation Radio. And that was a fun little first segment, man. But now we got a transition to talk about these rookies. Yes, sir. These rookies. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. And I am too. And and I'm excited because I want not only for us to have this conversation, but I want the megawatts and the power grid to Mm -hmm. make sure y'all getting involved with this too. So we know our 2020 rookie class, right? For those that need a refresher. You have wide receiver Chase Claypool, second-round ah, pick. Ah, out of Notre Dame. Third-round pick Alex Highsmith. Ah, out of Charlotte. Fourth round, you had Anthony McFarlane Jr. Ah, he a terp. Along with Kevin Dotson. Oh, he from down there in Louisiana. Down in the boot. Then in the sixth round, we had Antoine Brooks Jr. Also a terp. And then in the seventh round, last but certainly not least, Mr. Carlos Davis. Oh, yeah, you know he played for that black shirt defense out mm-hmm. there in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So... Megawatts Power Grid. What we are going to do is a fun little game, fun little concept. Overrated, underrated, rated just right. Properly right. Properly right, it might. Proper's a great British. Proper. That's a proper. There's just something about when you say proper in a British. Like, it's something, something like proper, a prop, proper. Oh, uh, yeah. That, you know, make sure you're, you dress proper. It sounds mm-hmm. fine, whatever. But if somebody says, hey, you know, when you come down into school, make sure you dress proper, you know? Yeah. It, it is different. It, just, it is different. Proper. It's such a good British word. It is different. Do you think people in England say, like, oh, that's such a good American word? Heck yeah. They'd probably be like, Hattie. yo, joint or Hattie. John. Hattie. John. <laughs> They'd be like, yo, is that John? Look at that John. Howdy, y'all. That's what I found. Like, everybody from overseas, their stereotypical American accent yeah. is like Howdy, Texas. folks. Cowboys. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Cowboy. Howdy. Howdy. Like, we gonna we, go get a cheeseburger? I don't talk like that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure people over across the bottom are like, we don't all say Proper, yeah. mate. Right. We don't all like, say that. We're, we're like, oh, what, you won't go get your trinkets and your like, lunch with your knickers and your alley wickers. God. Why do you put the mirror on us like this, Wes? You're making us all feel very bad about ourselves. Yes, Wes, we are stereotyped when we do this. I'm sorry, okay, Wes? I'm sorry. It was fun. Oh, I got lost in the bro. fun. It's a bit deliberate, isn't it? <laughs> Golly, man. <laughs> but anywho, anywho, my mega watch, my power grid. What we want from you is this. So, like I said, simple concept on the Twitter.com, at TheBody52. TheBody. At Wesley Euler. The good hair. When we read off these different names, right, we're going to start off with Chase Claypool. We're going to talk about if he's overrated, underrated, or rated properly, okay? Let us know as well, man. Let us know how y'all feel about it. We will definitely get to those at the end of this segment. We're going to hit those because I really want to hear from y'all, all all right? So, starting at the top, in the case of one wide receiver, second-round pick, Mr. Chase Claypool. Which, by the way, Mm -hmm. he wasn't a first-round pick, but the Steelers' first offensive Correct. selection in the draft since, since David DeCasher, yeah. 2012. I about to say, I knew it was a while. Yeah. I'll let you go first, though, man. Overrated? Underrated? Rated properly? <laughs> I'm going to get my accent right by the end okay. of this. Okay. Proper. Proper. You ready for this? I am. Because you know, you and I, we're the nuance guys. Mm-hmm. We don't paint with broad brushes. We deep dive in here, especially this, now this that we have I'm these. I'm hoping you was going to give me that. That we have these longer form segments now mm-hmm. that we can really have some discussions. Beginning of the season, 
I think it's hard not to say that Chase Claypool was overrated. And here's what I mean. He was scoring touchdowns like crazy. And we were all talking about him like he was the next Calvin Johnson. I mean, Yin's guys were calling him Mapletron. I wasn't because, remember, we talked about that, Arthur Modes. Mm-hmm. I don't like the, the Canadian angle for his nickname because I think that's you're just— You're boxing that man you're in. You're boxing that man in. And— Tron, like it's, it's Megatron, okay? It just just come up with some more. There's it's only just, there's only one Tron. It's just too. That's just the low hanging fruit nickname for me. Mm-hmm. He start. He came out like a bat out of hell, man, mm-hmm. and was insanely productive. Oh yeah. And so I think celebration to, game was on a thousand as well. I think to that extent he was a little overrated because we should have expected the dip that we saw. That's that's life as a rookie in the National Football League is very difficult. You're playing more games than you've ever played in your life before. You've discussed this, how you go from you finish out your college season to you're playing in the Senior the, Bowl. The Senior Bowl or the Northwest combine. game or whatever. Then you got the Combine. Then you got pro your pro day. day. Then you've got visits. rookie mini camp. Yeah, <laughs> no, you visits. got your visits. Yeah. Don't forget <laughs> then the visits. You got the draft. <laughs> yes. Then you've got rookie mini camp. Then you've got mm-hmm. mini camp and OTAs and training camp and more games than you've ever played in your life. Four mm-hmm. preseason games plus but now granted he didn't play the preseason games, but you get what I'm saying, but yeah. well, that's how he did with it all during COVID. It's as well. a world. It's a yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a whirlwind for rookies in the National Football League. It is a taxing, taxing year. So I think by the end of the year, I would say underrated, okay. if that makes sense. Because I think I there was that. some times where people were piling on Chase, saying, mm-hmm. "Why isn't he doing more? Why hasn't yeah. he been involved?" So I, I think it swung back. So I will go with properly rated. Uh, 49th pick, you second round pick. You threw me off. You just said, I think he's under. Well, no. I, oh, you, beginning overrated of the season, beginning, underrated of the season at the end. I think we overrated him. Mm-hmm. Underrated by the, at the by end. the end, I think we gotcha. underrated him. So, final. Proper. Like, gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, final yeah. final grade. I'm with you on that. Um, okay. I'll give I'll give Chase a B plus. Okay. I think he had a very solid rookie year. Um, again, particularly, it's it's you know it's not like he was a top 10 draft pick. You know, right. it wasn't Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy or one of these mm-hmm. guys. Very productive year. For a second-round pick, I think that's exactly what you want to see in year one. I'll give him a B plus. I'll say by the end, I think he was properly rated. Mozi, I, I don't think he's Justin Jefferson, but I think he could be just as good as anybody else in this class. I like it. No, man, I, I'm not going to give a letter grade. I don't. I don't want to go that far. Whoa! I, see, no, we're, was, we're, we're poor cards. No, I know. Right, but but for me, I'm, I agree hey, with you, though, man. Your, your house yeah. So good. for me. I said to this, man, I, I understand the full context, and I think that's very important to give full context. I looked at it like this, man, as a second-round pick, what are my expectations for you? Hmm. What were the expectations surrounding Chase? In fact, I could tell you, a lot of people were very skeptical. Remember when they first drafted him? Should have taken J.K. Dobbins. Should have taken J.K. Dobbins, but then remember the highlights released, and it wasn't him catching the ball. <laughs> it was highlights of him blocking, and we, Ward, were like, Ward, Ward. and we were like, okay, we're, we're going to sell this to us. We're going to make us like this pick. And because of that, to see what he has been able to accomplish in terms of the fast start that he had, and granted it tapered off towards the end, but the productivity as a whole, I mean, he what led this team in, in receiving touchdowns, or excuse me, in touchdowns, and as a whole, he was still one of their top three receivers. Yes. Now, granted, his targets decreased, his overall productivity re- uh, decreased. I think right around that Cowboys game, he started to play, you know, less than half the snaps offensively. But as a whole... For a second-round pick that we did not have expectations for, where a lot of people looked at him and were disappointed because they wanted J.K. Dobbins, to me, I think that he is properly rated because we look at him next year as what? That's the guy that's going to take the step forward. That's Mm -hmm. the guy that makes us feel a lot more comfortable with Juju hitting the market. Mm -hmm. We're like, Juju, go out there and get paid because this guy right here, we think he can do what you can do or a little bit more because of the physical traits that he possesses. So that's why for me, I'm with you. I think he's properly rated. I'm yeah. excited for him. It's a lot of optimistic, a lot of optimism surrounding him, and rightfully so. 
but he still was only a second round pick. Right. So it's like, man, it's good value. I, it's this, great this, value. this is great it value is. for him right now, man. And you know what's funny, Moats, is, is you and I and everybody else, again, who does this for a living, I mean, we've dissected the offense at nauseum yes. this last, what, six weeks, seven Absolutely, weeks since man. the season ended, haven't we? Absolutely. We, offensive line, picked apart. Mm-hmm. Quarterback situation, picked apart. Mm-hmm. Run game situation, picked apart. We haven't really talked about the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because we're pretty confident bringing back Deontay Johnson yep. and Chase Claypool. Absolutely, That's a man. nice start right there Absolutely. with two young guys who, like you said, they're just starting to scratch. Like, we think that they can get much better from the good that we've already seen. No question, man. I mean, those two dudes that you already named right there, man, they, they were very productive at times last yeah. year. I mean, we, we were – it's crazy for as productive as Deontay was, we were still very disappointed in his season because of the drop issues. Mm-hmm. But that still just goes back to just how talented he truly is and what he's capable of, which also is the biggest reason why, once again, we're very comfortable with a guy like Juju hitting the market because we have these type of guys. And then Correct. obviously, you and know, James Washington, James Washington well I would say he's the yeah. other guy. Absolutely. He's the, the wild card of the group. We've seen flashes from him, mm-hmm. but they haven't made him a focal point, so we don't know his true potential. Correct. Could change this year, though. That's yeah. good. Though. I'm glad we agreed Chase, on that, though, Chase man. Chase Claypool, nine reception touchdowns, added two on the ground mm-hmm. for 11 touchdowns as 11 a rookie. 11 bro. That's a ton. Almost 900 yards receiving. Yes. 873 yards receiving, over 60 receptions. If that's the start and you're only going to mm-hmm. build from there, that's the start with him That's good playing less than 50% of the offensive right. snaps for the second half of the season outside right. of that that final regular season game versus Cleveland. He went back up, I think, with 74 and snaps in that game, let's right? Let's be honest, too. Or 74% he, he, of the right. snaps. He's going to have a more predominant role Without this year. Without a doubt. Vance McDonald's Easily. gone. We think Juju's going to be gone. Who knows yeah. what happens with Eric Ebron? Absolutely, man. Chase is going to have a much more uh, predominant role this year, and it'll, yes, be, it'll be very exciting to see the sophomore campaign from the uh, – the young Canadian out of Notre Dame. I like it, eh? All right. <laughs> now we move to the third round pick, Mr. Alex Highsmith. Okay. Charlotte. Ah, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Is this, are you waiting for me to go first again here? I was trying to think that I want to go back and forth, but I'll let you go first again. Okay. I like you going first right hey, now. Hey, you're the host. No, no, you, you take it. You take it. You lead us off right here. Alex Highsmith. Underrated? Overrated? Properly rated? You know what, Motsi? I think I'm going to go underrated. And here's why. I know, at the, I know at the end of the season we were all singing Alex Highsmith's praises and we've talked about how he makes you feel better about the mm-hmm. what seems inevitable departure of Bud Dupree. The reason that I'm going to go underrated, though, is because none of us expected that to be the case a year ago. Mm-hmm. When they drafted him in the third round, okay, third round is it, 102nd overall. So third round is still a, that's still a good – that's still a good – you, you you want the guys that you draft in the third round to contribute to yes. become starters in the National Football League. Not in year one, typically, though. Not year one, typically, <laughs> exactly. And again, it's still a third-round pick. It's not, yeah. you know, T.J. Water, Bud Dupree in the first round. What he was able to do, like you've, like you've pointed out, in a pandemic year with a weird training camp, no preseason games, when he would have gotten a lot of spin. And the Steelers would have had five preseason games. Yes. He would have gotten a yes. lot of spin. For him to be able to contribute – like he did. Um, pair of sacks, a big interception as well. I'm going to go underrated because of where he was selected, because of the expectations that we have for yeah. him. Now, those expectations, like the stock market, baby, they're trending up. Yeah. Don't short those expectations because of what he was able to put together this year. But for his full body of work and as a third round pick, when he wasn't the guy until, you know, until Bud went down, what, 12 games into the season? 
Yeah, it was what eleven? Eleven, Le- eleven, eleven. eleventh yeah, game 11. of the season. Yeah, yeah against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go underrated again. If you know, if, if Alex Highsmith yeah. had that year as a top twenty pick, I'd right. probably be singing differently. But I think Correct. that has to be part of the conversation where he was selected in the third round, outside of the top one hundred, was still able to come in and contribute, and has that arrow pointing way up. I'm gonna go with underrated. See, this is what I love right here because we bring different perspectives, right? But that's the importance of this. It's just all about this. how you perceive right, it. Right, because is. for me, I feel like a large portion of why I'm saying what I'm going to say Uh-oh. is based on dun, dun, dun. where he was drafted at, right? In terms of the expectations of a third-round draft pick, not as high. No one really expected him to come in and be the guy, right? We said we had Bud Dupree. Now, I'm flirting with overrated territory because of all of the hype at the end of the season, the okay. stock in it. No, that makes sense. You watch the tape, and it's like, absolutely, you see some good things that he's doing. Now, I didn't get a chance to see a lot of him in that big wild card game because he got hurt at the 16 snaps. Had some good plays, had some not-so-good plays. Honestly, you expect that with younger guys, right? Some ups and downs. Sure. But the, the narrative now is that he's going to be Bud Dupree in year two. I have a hard time seeing that. Knowing personally that I played with Bud, I've watched both of these guys on tape multiple times. I think that Alex Highsmith right now at this stage in his career compared to when Bud was at that stage, Alex is further along mentally, but I don't think he's where he needs to be physically compared to where Bud was at physically. Hmm. And I don't know if Alex will ever be able to tap into what Bud could because obviously Bud was what 16th overall pick for a reason. He's a, a genetic freak. But as a whole... When I think of Alex, I love the mentality. I love, like, you watch him, man, he's confident in some of his pre-snap stuff. Once he knows what he's supposed to do, he executes it at a high level. Yep. But you still, like I said, you see some of the shortcomings in terms of, all right, not the best to set in the edge compared to a Bud Dupree. Right. Man, got to work on that con. That, 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 that once your initial rush is, is stopped, whether he's going for his patented spin move that sometimes is telegraphed or not, those are the things where it's like yeah. mentally I can see him having plans and formulating, but – He's physically, not the same physical freak that TJ right, and Bud are. Right, and yeah. that's the part where I just feel like, man, we're flirting with overrated territory when you're going to put mm-hmm. these lofty expectations of being Bud Dupree. Remember, Bud Dupree didn't become Bud Dupree until year three. Right. And that but, was him being listen, a top 20 pick. Arthur Motes, let's not sugarcoat it. There were a lot of people that were calling him a bust. Even in year four when he went and had yes. double digit sex, people still questioned. They said it yes. was a contract year. It was a fluke. Then he went out there and did it again this year, and, they, and it was like, okay, now we believe it. Now we love you, bud. Please right. don't leave us. But to me, to throw Alex Highsmith in that category is no different than when A.B. left and we all said, well, Juju could come in here and be A.B. Look at Juju's numbers. And we all were like, well, hold on. There's some factors that went into Juju's numbers. There's some reasons why he was able to do this. That's a good comp right there. And then from there, we saw it. As much as I hate it, that's right. a good comp right there. But then after the fact, we saw him, we were like, man, you know what? All right. We, we jumped the gun a little bit there. And I'm just worried that with Alex Highsmith, we're trending in the same direction of, and he's not the only one. We're going to get to another guy, another rookie, where similar conversation where they're putting just lofty, very lofty expectations. And you have to remember, it's a gift and a curse, small sample size. It's a gift because, hey, I go out there and play well in six, seven games, still not a lot of tape on me, right? I'm catching people by surprise. The curse is when you get that extended you know, mm-hmm. audition. Now you're not only going to be, you know, in a more controlled environment. Now you're exposed to a lot more risk. Sure. And teams are game planning. And for with you. Alex Highsmith, I talked about this when we talked about him during the season from his first start once Bud went down to towards the end of the year. We said, man, 
it, it, it took a step back. It wasn't what we thought it was going to be throughout the whole time. And we said, granted, because he's having to do a lot more now, it's not just coming here and rush the passer. It's not just, hey, you're coming here on first and second down. You're only playing run and play action pass. Nah, he's having to play run, pass, play action, backside, frontside, six technique, seven technique, nine technique. And you can see at times where he's thinking. You can see at times where he's kind of like, all right, I'm going to point to you, and we've all done this point. Any any of my athletes, they know this, that point of I'm not really sure, but I'm going to point to make it look like I'm sure and hoping that you confirm <laughs> that I'm either right or wrong. <laughs> but somebody has to say something, so I'm just going to point. And you'll be like, no. And I'll be like, all right, cool. I know it's not that. I got this then. It shows up. So that's my only concern. But I feel like he can definitely be a productive player. It's yeah. not saying that he can't be productive, but just understand the expectations. No, you're right. Don't put him in the Bud we Dupree do, category. We, we and we do that. Do that. Our line, uh, particularly our line. Like, all, all the time. fans do that in general. Yes. There's, you know, like you and I, we've laid this out on the show before, right? There's a there's a dirty P word. Yes. And it's potential. Yes. Like, we, we, as fans, we get infatuated with potential. Like, you know, it's funny. I had this conversation with Adam Crowley um, on Friday about how, like, it was, you could argue, right, throughout all the success that, um, you know, because like, we were talking about Sidney Crosby playing his thousandth game. Yeah. All the success that Sidney Crosby's had in his 16-year NHL career, like you could argue the most exciting time was like his first two, three years in the league. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Just because the potential of like, oh, what, what this guy can be. He's 18, 19, 20 years old, and he's he's got all these defensemen in the NHL on strings. All Like, like the, the, the potential of what Crosby could become mm-hmm. was almost more exciting than him Man. actually fulfilling it. Yes. You know what I mean? Than him yes. winning the MVPs and winning the Stanley Cups. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a weird thing like that with sports fans, and we all do it everywhere, Motsi, but we particularly do it with linebackers. And We did it with Sutton Smith. Think about Sutton it. Sutton Smith was a sixth-round pick. Think about it. And we talked about Sutton Smith like he was the next Jack Ham. <laughs> I mean, we, we really Seriously. did. Seriously. But th- that's yeah. – you're, you're right. We have to be careful with that. We do because that doesn't help these guys. But you know why we do it, though? We do it because it's our defense mechanism, right? We're losing a person that we think is valuable. That's a good call. And how do we justify it in our minds? We say, okay, well, we this next we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to decrease the value of the person that we just love because they have to leave. Decreased value makes you feel a little bit more good about that person leaving. And now we say, okay, well, now we're going to project what we really want in our hearts for this guy. We're going to put it on this other guy who probably isn't as equipped for that. But because we're trying to cope with the the situation, we're going to uplift this guy and make him bigger than what he is. And then you get those scenarios where you got these lofty expectations and these guys just can't live up to it realistically because they're not capable of it. When we put expectations on TJ, he's capable of winning defense player of the year. We don't say that, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek. We don't say that just, oh, yeah, sounds good. No, like, we really mean it. But we're not talking about Bud Dupree in that category right now. So you can just see the difference of it, right? Yep. But no different than how we speak on Bud. We don't speak of Alex Highsmith in the same conversation as Bud. Well, Bud is, you're a double-digit sack guy from here on out. That's the expectation for you. Impact plays, clutch moments, strip sacks in four quarters. Turnovers, yeah. Right. We're not speaking to Alex Highsmith. Like, we're saying to Alex – Hey, man, come in here and don't kill us. Do your job. You get a couple sacks, great. Yep. Don't kill us. Quarterback, set the edge. Yeah. Ma- make sure they can't double and triple team TJ the whole Correct. time. Correct. That's all we need from you. Different conversation. But if point. we don't understand, if we don't set those expectations going in. That's a good point. And, and, that's it. and, and for Alex, Alex, your goal should be defense player of the year. Yeah. Your goal should always be higher than what ours First are. Team all pro. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But for us, as we're evaluating, as we're critiquing and talking about it, 
it's a different perspective for us, baby. No, that's that's well stated. Yeah, that's well stated. A little bit long winded right there, no, but hey, ultimately, man, I feel like we had to get it, man. The linebackers, those are you. That's, that's yeah. your people. And you know, that's, that's the young boy, man. I like him, man. You know, he come from a smaller Small school. school. Guy, yeah. Might have one of my strength coaches. That actually, my position, the guy who recruited me to Virginia. JMU. The, Charlotte, check, the guy that recruited me to go to JMU was actually his position coach oh, nice. down there in Charlotte. Nice. Absolutely, man. So I'm there's like, yeah, a, I, I definitely, back to the Dukes, I, I definitely like my man Alex right here, baby. So, so yeah. So that's why for me, I had him as rated just right. No, that makes sense. That yeah, makes sense. and not over. I thought about the overrated, but I said I'm gonna keep him just right because I like. Him. All right, fourth round pick, Anthony McFarland Jr. Yes, sir, Mr. Maryland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, see, I'm gonna go with properly rated. Okay. Um, you and I have had this discussion on the show a lot of times how we think that you don't have to uh, get running backs, uh, the Christian McCaffrey, the Zeke Elliott, the Leonard Fournette, the Saquon Barkley, the top 10 picks, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a difference between drafting running backs in the 30 to 50 range mm-hmm. as opposed to taking them at a pick 124 where Anthony McFarland was taken. Yes. In the third, fourth, fifth rounds, you can find the Alvin Kamaras, you can find the Kareem Hunts, but it's much easier to find the the Nick Chubbs, the Derrick Henrys in the second round. Uh, this is what I expected from Anthony McFarland, particularly when you looked coming into last year, right? We all thought James Conner's the guy when he's healthy. Benny Snell's the number two. McFarland's going to be the third guy. I don't know. You can tell me if I'm wrong here. I did not have crazy expectations for Anthony McFarland. Now, you 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 didn't. <laughs> I'm talking to how it relates to this past season, right? That's, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sitting here today saying, "Oh, Anthony McFarland." No, 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 no. Like, I, yeah, we're talking. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking and, and just the this last of season last alone season. Yeah. with the pecking order of the running backs mm-hmm. and him being a fourth round guy. I, I think he was properly rated. He, you know, he had what he had. Let's see here. He had a little over 30 rushing attempts, a little over 110 yards, six receptions for 54 yards. That's about what I expected his role to be. I'll go with proper. <clears throat> I will keep the same energy that <laughs> I had throughout this process. I remember going into the draft. We said we're going to take a running back. The running back we all wanted was who? J.K. Dobbins. That was when we talked about. And I remember we took Claypool. Ravens took Dobbins. Then in the fourth round, we took McFarland. And I remember numerous not just singular numerous reports tweets beat writers Steeler fans everybody with this you know conclusion that Anthony McFarlane was going to be better than J.K. Dobbins that we got just as good a value I saw people break down Maryland tape and compare his Maryland tape to J.K. Dobbins what he was doing at Ohio State and said well look this is more productive than that and they both play the Big Ten and they both play the Big Ten all this other stuff that's still weird saying Maryland's but, but, the but, Big but, Ten. But, but, I, but I think we could all agree that when you watch how this season went, it wasn't even a discussion. It wasn't no. even close. No. No, not at all. And then I add to the fact that as it pertains to the Steelers running back situation, McFarland was getting ample opportunities. It was games where he even started. Where We, we talked about that Cowboys game. We're like, why is James Conner sitting on the sideline with the sad face? He's not hurt. What's going on? Benny Snow's not getting these touches. McFarland's out there. We saw McFarlane, fourth and one, game on the line, back short of fade. We, we saw these scenarios. But all the hype around him was what? He could potentially be the next Willie Parker for us, right? We haven't had a home run threat like that since forever. We haven't speed drafted guy. a speed guy since Dre Archer. That's kind of what it looked like out there. Look more <laughs> Dre Archer. And, and not, a, not a, a shot at Dre. You know, that's my guy. He came here with me. And it's not a shot at McFarlane either. But knowing what the expectations were for him 
And like I said, I know you you were a little a little, a little more level headed. That's why we always connect. But a large <laughs> amount of people were not level headed. They yeah. threw those expectations on yeah, him. Yeah, no, they did. And then they kind of act like they forgot when we saw JK continue to take off and McFarlane start to disappear. So to me, with that, I have to go with the same mindset of that's overrated. If we're talking about value, cool. Value, yeah, he's fine for the value pick. We're not even talking about him being cut. But when we're talking about overrated versus underrated, he was grossly overrated this year because of all those things that were said, because of the expectations that were put on him. And when we just talked about earlier in that last segment, right? Got to be careful what expectations you put on these people because it's different. You're trying to put an expectation of a second-round pick, a J.K. Dobbs who could have went in the first round, on this guy. It's different. You, you said it yourself. You can find running backs, sure. But are you just trying to find a guy to fill the depth chart? Or are you trying to find a running back, the guy? Right. You're not finding the guy 90% of the time, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. No. You're you not can, doing that. You can find Antonio Brown in the sixth round. Right. But you're much more likely to find Julio Jones in the exactly. first round. Michael Thomas you, in the second Tom, round. It's a reason why we highlight AB in the sixth. It's a reason why we highlight Tom Brady in the sixth. You know why? Because it doesn't happen Stephon a lot. Stephon Diggs. Was he fifth, <laughs> right. fifth round, fifth. I think, Stephon Yeah, fifth round. There's a reason why we make such That's a big we deal highlight. about that. Because, because it's, it's so once rare. every, yes. you know, how many years. Correct. Absolutely. But people forget that, though, right? They they want to make it just, oh, the man, DeAndre you get these guys. Hopkins in the first rounds are much more it's common. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you want talent, it's no different than if I'm spending my money. If I want to spend it on something nice, you're going to get something nice. If you try to cut corners and go this cheap route, well, you're going to get a cheap product. Don't be mad when it falls apart in a week. Don't be mad when it starts malfunctioning. Don't be mad when it does this. That's the approach that I feel like people take with running backs, and then they act great you know, absurd when they're like, whoa, whoa, they whoa wait you know, a minute, why doesn't it work now? You know what it is, Arthur Motes? <laughs> they don't want to spend a lot. They don't want to spend $200 on a new pair of dress shoes. Mm. So they go and they buy a $20, $30 pair. But a year later, when mm-hmm. the soles busted out on those $20, $30 yeah. pairs, they're like, what the heck, what, man? What, come on, man. These I expect more from you. These shoes are junk. Yeah. Well, yeah, no kidding. That's why they cost one-fifth the price of the other shoes. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was my biggest thing with McFarlane, man. It was just the ex- – and like I said, he didn't even put those expectations on him. But everyone else did. And from there, that became the vibe. We saw, it, I think it, like the Matt Canada yes. and the, the Mike Tomlin with his Everybody son. Everybody loved it, like yeah. The Maryland Connection stuff played mm-hmm. in that, too. And, yeah. and we can all agree. It was drastically different in terms of how we viewed McFarlane when he was drafted – versus Chase Claypool when he was drafted. I've never seen so many people excited about a, 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 a fourth-round running back. They were going crazy over him. This is still, this is guy going to be better than this. This is still the draft race, the guy. So, like and I again, said, nothing that, against, and I hope Anthony comes out and balls out. I yeah, want him and to. And that doesn't mean we don't think right. that he can still have a productive career. We do think yeah. he can, but just, just understand. This is rookie year. Rookie only. year evaluation. And yep. trust me. Yeah, can, this is evaluation, right. not projections. Here. Exactly. Yeah. No different than when we – well, we didn't because we were still – I was playing. You were in Philly at the time. <laughs> but if we would have done this to Bud Dupree's rookie year, it would have been similar things said. Absolutely. Jarvis Jones, it would have been similar things said. We were talking about James Washington after his rookie year. Ryan Shazier, people were flirting with calling him a bust after two years because he wasn't able to stay on the field as often as we would have mm-hmm. liked. We'd have been saying these same things about Benny Snell. Shoot, you might have yeah. said about me. What yeah. are we talking about? <laughs> now I was a six-round draft pick. It's a little different. You might have said about Expectations me. Expectations were way lower. Way lower. <laughs> but seriously, though, like, so that that's, you know, the the I guess my feelings on that whole situation yeah. right there no, with I Anthony, think, man. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I yes, got a feeling indeed. you're going to sing a similar tune for this next guy. There's another fourth round draft pick you're talking about, huh? Mr. Kevin Dotson. 4B. Kevin Dotson. Yes, indeed. What you got for me, man? Talk to him, baby. Overrated, underrated, just right? Pro- properly rated? We'll see again. I think the beauty is in the eye of the beholder in, yes, in indeed. this conversation. Um, 
I I think I know where you're gonna go. I don't want to I don't want to step on your toes or get ahead no, no, of you no, here. I, I like when you go we first. Are, we are talking about Kevin Dotson. Some of us like he's the next Alan Fanica. Like he's the next Quentin Nelson. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna go properly rated because of he's a 135th selection, second pick for the Steelers in the fourth round, and we are that confident in what we've seen from this guy in the 13 games that he's played. Yeah. Yes, I'm with you. The hype train. We need to pump the brakes. Okay. We, 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 we need to pump the brakes here. But People's, for a fourth-round pick to do what he was able to mm-hmm. do, to step in in some tough situations and not look out of place at all, I, I got to give him some credit for that. I like it. No, no, no. I, I, I like your mindset right here. To me, I'm with you. This is a properly rated guy because, number one, very low expectations coming in, right? right? <clears throat> in fact, I think we say he was going to be a great run blocker, but nothing that's, in it from the, a pass standpoint, right? That's what everybody said about That him. was the knock on him. He came in and showed versatility. He showed that he could play right guard and left guard. Even when he already had said that he wasn't comfortable playing the left side, he still went out there and played it at a high level. Also showed that he could, what, run block, pass block. To me, the reason why I have him properly rated is more so because of what we saw. And his sample size was a lot larger, too. It wasn't like the high Smith where you're rotating in, but then you really have like six to seven true starts. With with, uh, with um, Dotson, he was out there and, and – with O-line, they don't rotate. So when he's out there, right. he's out there. Right. We saw him match up against some dogs. He had his opportunities. We saw that. He did. But he held his own. So to me, I think he's properly rated. And I do think, you know, the expectations on him, they are getting a little wild. But I can understand <laughs> why, though. You know what I mean? Whereas with McFarland, the biggest thing to me was just how do you project that on a guy where we haven't seen anything at the NFL level from him just yet. Whereas with Dotson, it was the reverse. Low expectations, but he came in and showed us. I'd rather you show me that that should be the expectation than we, you know, put the expectation on you, but yes. you've never given us any reason yes. to, to validate that. It is a, there's a yin and yang right. there with McFarland and Dotson. Absolutely. Whereas Dotson, he definitely has earned that. So for me, I have him at properly rated. I do think that he can take that next step, but once again, it's a difference between, you know, you coming in and filling in for a guy, all right, two weeks here. Because remember, it wasn't like he started multiple games right, consecutively. Right. It was it's like, like he started six right, or seven straight Right, games. it was like, okay, you got to start here. Okay, you might come in second half of this game. Okay, you might start two weeks from now. It's going to be different when you have to be the guy every week. Not only from a mentality standpoint, but from a physical health standpoint. Absolutely. It's a lot that goes into it, a lot. Think about Marquise Pouncey. Marquise Pouncey didn't fall off a cliff. The thing that happened to him, he started getting injured. The injury started to hurt his productivity a little bit. Yep. That's something that you got to deal with. That's very real. It's very real. Dick Castro, a lot of the negative play that we saw from him could be attested to what? Or, 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 or attributed to li- injuries, absolutely. But you got to be able to deal with it because you know the rule. If you're on that field, we're going to look at you as 100% healthy. Yep. That's just how it goes. If you're out there, you're out there. So that's going to be the thing that I'm more interested to see with Dotson going forward. But as a whole, I'm with it. I like it. Properly rated. Pro- properly rated. Proper. Proper. Now, these last two are going to be difficult. Uh-oh. Antoine Brooks Jr. and Carlos Davis. A couple big – got a lot of Big Ten guys here. I know, man. Where did JMU guys at? <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, we haven't drafted a Mountaineer since 2008. You know That's who the, the last problem. Mountaineer was drafted by the Steelers, by the way? Uh, drafted? Put you on your toes here. Hold on. Drafted. You want to you hint? Yes. It's 2008. He was a defensive back. <sighs> Yo, I probably know when she said. Ryan said- Mundy. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. I wouldn't have known that. He said 08. Because, see, 08. I played. It's yeah, possible. I mean, you were still. Yeah, I was. I definitely wouldn't have known that. He's still but in college. Anything for me is I've 
it's been multiple West Virginia guys on the team, but sure. they weren't drafted or right. they right. came through free agency. That's why they, I'm like, right. oh, yeah, I know Will, I know TG, yep. I know these yeah. guys. But I was like, ah, oh, nah, oh, yeah, yeah. My God, Terrence Garvin. yeah. I was like, that, that that's not gonna work. But yeah, uh, Antoine Brooks Jr. I I think I'll go with Proper as well too. This six round pick, you know that he wasn't a guy who was gonna have a ton of um, contributions. Played yeah. in four games. I thought in those four games he made a couple noticeable plays on special teams. I'll go with Proper. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that, man. With six round picks, they're not supposed yeah. to make the team. If you period. Any type, if you're a six or seventh round pick and you have any type of contribution as a rookie, right. and, good and, on you. and we're still talking about you. You're on the roster right. after the season right. because you know how many six rounders don't make it the whole season. Sutton Smith was a six rounder in 2019. He's out of the NFL. You don't make it a season typically. Like so, the fact that he's still here. Yeah, you're properly what rated, bro. What was his bro. name? Uh, Josh Frazier from 2018, seventh-round pick out of the NFL. Come on, man. We could go down the list. <laughs> I mean, especially here in Pittsburgh. Fifth, fourth, to fourth, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, none of those guys are guaranteed spots here. Nope. We've seen these guys cut, you know, fourth-rounders like it's nothing. Yep. It was a Dur- Duran Grant. Yep. Yeah, fourth-round pick. Dre Archer. <laughs> Dre Archer, third-round pick. Yep. Shoot, what was it? we had the corner from, uh, was it Shaq? Oh, my goodness. The, the corner yeah. from was it Washington or something like that? Oh my goodness! What was his name? Oh um, man! But he he was like a I fifth know, round pick. I cut that same year too. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that Antoine Brooks Jr. is still on the roster and was able to sit here the whole season without a doubt properly rated, man. Yeah. And Carlos Davis, you know what? He got. A, are we rating the, the the right hook or the left hook? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll chill. I'll chill. I forgot about I'll, that. I'll chill. First, I had a half I'll chill. There. I was like, what's he talking about? Oh, all right. I mean, because the, the, the right is overrated. The left is underrated, though. <laughs> um, I'll go proper with Davis as well, too. Played in seven games as a seventh-round pick rookie. There were some times, too, like the Cowboys game where I thought he had a really nice showing. Yes. I'll go with properly rated. Yeah, I think it's a similar conversation to uh, what we just had with uh, Antoine Brooks. Properly rated, you can make the case for underrated. The fact that, number one, he's a seventh-round pick. You don't expect those guys to make the roster. He doesn't give you special teams value. So for him to actually make the roster means that he had to be good enough at his position. Correct. To to be one of the top guys at that spot. Because you don't just dress those guys. You don't just give those guys roster spots if they can't do what we talked about in the early. We said in the early second, right? The goal is to take 46 and make it to 53, right? Or, Or to maximize the more positional flexibility, the guys who could do multiple things. Carlos Davis isn't running down on kickoff. Nope. He's not protecting the punt. He's not nope. blocking for Ray Ray McLeod. Nope. Come He's on, not man. The snap on the field. Like, like, <laughs> He's not doing none of that. He is solely a nose tackle, a, a, a D lineman. That's that's his whole job. So the fact that he was able to do that and still get opportunities, it wasn't like he didn't play at all this year. He got opportunities. I'm I'm, I'm borderline tip to say underrated. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like, like honestly, seriously, man. I'd go underrated. I, 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 that's what I'm rated yeah. for sure. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, you know what? Give me underrated for Let's him, man. Let's do I'm it. going underrated. Yeah, a lot of like you said, a lot of people were saying he's probably not even going to make the team. No question. And he, like I and said, played in games, played seven games. I thought he showed very well Absolutely, in that Cowboys man. game when they needed him to. Yes, indeed. Uh, arrows pointed up for for Big Carlos Davis. Absolutely. Well. And I got to see, man. Didn't his brother win a Super Bowl this year down in Tampa? Right? He did. Was he still? Yeah, yeah he did. Absolutely, man. So shout Ooh. out, shout out to the Davis family, man. That's right. We got a couple young uh, young guys here in Pittsburgh whose brothers won championships in Tampa. You know mm-hmm. who the other one is? Who? Pierre-Olivier Joseph, the young defenseman for yeah, the Penguins. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's young stud. <laughs> His older brother plays for the Tampa Bay Lightning, won the Stanley Cup this past I didn't season. know that. Yeah. Nice. 
So I apparently, like if you're in Pittsburgh and you've got a sibling who's in Tampa, you're gonna win one. <laughs> we need to reverse that. Then <laughs> we need we, to reverse that. Yeah, Let's we, we need we need to reverse there. Mojo. But I like it. So look, man, when we come back, man, we're gonna definitely check to see you know some of these tweets and stuff like that. But we also yep. we want to deep dive back into something we were talking about earlier, man, in terms of the restructure with Cam, but more so. The impact on Ben right now. Mm-hmm. Is he staying? Is he going? Should I stay or should I go? We about to go to break, though. So, this is Mo and Eula on Stills Nation Radio.